SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid, a radio network. On today's show, I'm going to bring in Rex Byers, at Rex underscore Byers on Twitter. He is a race and sports, I'm going to find out what his title is. He's one of the directors over at the Westgate Superbook. He's been on the show before and Rex is going to help me break down the NFL betting markets right now. We're going to go through all eight divisions, talk about who's taking the money, what the popular win total bets are, and I'm really interested to get his perspective from behind the counter. We spent a lot of time talking with the handicappers. I don't mind spending some time talking with the bookmakers. The bookmakers not share about, not scared about sharing their info with bettors because they know that most bettors aren't going to take advantage of it. So uh, I expect strong info from Rex Byers today about the NFL betting markets. But before we get into that, i got to talk about what's happened just over the course of the last week in the sports betting world. Remember, you know, this is one of those where we were, where we are tweets, <laughs> you know, or Instagrams, whatever you want to call it. You know, where we were, it wasn't 20 years ago. It was like five years ago that it looked like a major uphill battle to have sports betting legalized around the country. It was just here in Vegas. It was the only place. But Adam Silver started the ball rolling. It was late 2014 with his Wall Street Journal op-ed. And to my mind, that was the first domino to fall that led to the Supreme Court decision, which led to what we're seeing right now, which includes, again, this is just in the last week, the Arizona Cardinals are planning a sports book at their stadium in the NFL. Wrigley Field is planning a sports book at their stadium in Major League Baseball. The state of Florida just made a deal with the Seminole Tribe, and it was approved by the feds for sports betting. And, of course, you get to add roulette and craps, and the state's going to make $20 billion. $20 billion. That can't be $20 billion. It has to be $20 million. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no! $20 billion over the next 30 years is what the state is potentially going to receive. That's not a m- m- million. That's a b- b- billion that Florida... And again, it's a long-term deal for the Seminole Tribe, but that's a whole lot of revenue. And that's for the state. <laughs> when it comes to the leagues, look what the NFL just did. All right, Breaking news this week, the NFL can now sell up to six spots per game to sports books. That's one spot per quarter plus a pregame and a halftime spot. Six spots per game to sports books. And of course, one of the things that the NFL is doing <laughs> is they're making sure that these spots are only open to their approved operators 
and their official partners. The official partners include Caesars Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Those are all official partners of the NFL, which means the NFL is getting paid. <laughs> then you have the approved operators. That's what? Foxbet, PointsBet, USA, and on and on and on. So when we're talking about all of these different sports books that are now going to be live to advertise in NFL games, it's a completely different world from where we were. Not 20 years ago. It was one time. I remember the Kyle Bill. And you, know, you guys probably don't remember this, but this is back. It's got to be 2000 or 2001. Where, might have been 2001, where there was legitimately a bill that was live to pass in Congress that would have ended legalized, regulated betting on college sports. They were saying, no, no, betting is bad. You can't be betting on the amateur athletes. Ignoring the entire argument that people are going to bet anyway, and when you do it in a legalized and regulated way, improprieties have a chance to get caught, i.e. Toledo. <laughs> you know, Toledo betting scandal back, what was that, 2005 or so? But at the time... What the incident was, they sent all these, you know, all the big coaches went up and testified on Capitol Hill. You know, Rick Pitino, oh, gambling is killing the kids. It's such a horrible influence. And that bill literally was on the verge of passing. Of course, one of the things Nevada had working in their favor, they had the uh, Senate Majority Leader, Harry Reid. And Harry Reid <laughs> uh, recognized the importance of college betting to the Nevada state economy to the economy of the bookmakers how big college betting actually was and Reed helped scuttle the bill uh, but there was certainly for not just a week or two for months on edge there was a real concern the little betting that we have that's legal in Nevada is going to be cut even further we're not going to be able to bet legally on college sports and of course to compare that era with what we're seeing now, where the NFL, the granddaddy of mall, is partnering with Caesars and DraftKings and FanDuel and approving operators like Foxbet and PointsBet USA, it's a different world. And the beauty of it, this world's only just getting started, man. <laughs> you know, we're not even, what, a year or two in to legalized, regulated sports betting nationwide. There's a whole bunch of states still haven't gotten into the party. They will. And of course, even here, in Nevada. You know, I spent the last, this is my 24th football season in Las Vegas. Handle's not going down here, even though betting is live in many, many other places. Rex Byers from the Westgate Super Bowl coming up next. Cover it. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sirius XM, the Sports Grid, our radio network, and I'm excited. I always like to bring bookmakers into the discussion. We spent a lot of time with handicappers. 
But the bookmakers are going to give us a different perspective. And I want as many different perspectives as I can get at this time of the year. So I'm excited about bringing in Rex Byers from Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. At Rex underscore Byers, B-E-Y-E-R-S, at Rex underscore Byers on Twitter. At Westgate Vegas, at Superbook Sports. The man has plenty of Twitter handles that he's involved with. Rex, welcome to the program, my friend. I know I'm taking you out of a busy day in the sports book, but I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with Thank us here and cover it. I, absolutely, buddy. What's going on? Well, we're going to keep it real simple uh, today, honestly. We're going to give the audience what they want to hear. There's eight NFL divisions. We're going to talk about all eight of them. We're also going to talk about the contest that the Stroop Book is running here in Las Vegas. There's one in particular that I'm interested in. In fact, I expect to be down there tomorrow uh, to sign up for it. But I want to ask you about it today. So while I have you, but let's start talking. Uh, actually, well, you know where I want to start? What's your official title, Rex? I know that you are uh, have been at the Westgate Super Book for many years. Uh, what's your title? I actually started here last year. So I'm, I'm a risk manager here. Obviously, before that, I was at the Caesars with Jeff Davis and his team. And then uh, things went a different direction with William Hill buying that out. And, you know, I've always been someone who's been interested in booking people who have a chance to win and not just throwing them out. Uh, so, you know, it's not the, the philosophy for the other folks that took that establishment over. So, you know, I, when I talked to Ed and Jeff and John, the philosophy here meshed pretty well. And, uh, you know, I've been friendly with these guys, so it was just an easy fit to fit back in. And was hired as a manager to start here, like I said, during football last season. So this is actually the first preseason I've worked with these guys. And to sit down with Ed to talk about the college stuff and go over that. And then, of course, in the NFL as well, it's been fun. I think we did these numbers for every single game in the regular season from weeks 1 through 18 back in mid-May. And that, of course, obviously helped us shape our future markets for all that stuff as well. Sure. And, of course, uh, you know, the Caesars. But Jeff Davis is someone who I've nothing but impressed every time I talk. Uh, One of the Davis. smartest guys I've ever met. Yeah, he's, yeah really. He's, uh, genuinely impressive. But uh, I, I think I had you uh, conflated. I know you've been here in Vegas making numbers uh, for uh, many years, even though uh, it's only been at the Westgate uh, for the last uh, year or so. So, as a risk manager, like, what does that mean? How how much liability is the Westgate? Are you willing to have on on, a, on an NFL game? Uh, you yeah. obviously books tend to prefer when the action is fairly even on both sides. That way, you lock in a profit. But the Westgate has never been shy about taking opinions with their numbers, and you've never been shy about being, you know, having liability on one side or another. What? How much are you comfortable? Uh, in terms of liability-wise in the NFL? I, I mean, that's, that's, that varies from market to market. I mean, there's, as we stand right now, we stand to lose, uh, you know, and I'll get to this when we get to the divisions, we stand to lose large cars or small houses on every single team in the, in the NFC North except for the Packers. And that's part of the reason is, is because, uh, you know, and this is the NBA and the NFL both, really. I consider myself probably one of the top four or five, you know, I'd say maybe seven minds in town. You know, when it comes to the numbers on those games, I do them as much as I hate the NBA and talk bad about it. I still have to do the work, and there's still, you know, edges to be had. But the problem is, is that for, well, not problem. It's good for me. It's a good problem. Is that I'm the third smartest guy in the room in this in this room. So there's no reason for me to sit there and put myself out there, no matter how smart I think I might be in town. There's two people, you know, Jeff and Ed, who know more about it than me and, and have been doing it for a lot longer and, and know the customer base here a lot better. So who am I to get in their way? You know, I, I'm glad to be able to help out and be the third fiddle. You know, when it comes to both those markets, and they're the ones that generally call call the shots and make the bigger decisions when it comes to how much we're comfortable with. You know, whereas you know, I, I, I'll help them with my opinion and I'll give them my thoughts, but uh, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty comfortable with whatever those guys 
decide they want to do. They've been doing this for a long time. They're pretty good at their job. So, I, you know, I'm quite content. We'll, we'll, we'll take positions on games, and, you know, it doesn't really matter who it is. If you come in and give us enough time to work with it, you can come in and get a pretty fair bet. Yeah, and, of course, Ed being Ed Sammons, another – uh, he's been at the Westgate Superbook uh, for a long, long time. Uh, I think he's yep. been there for as long, uh, probably as long as I've been uh, in Vegas or close to it. And I moved out here uh, August of 1998, Rex. It's been a long time uh, here uh, in Sin City. Let's get into it right here, right now. We have obviously a whole bunch of divisions to talk about. Eight. <laughs> um, let's start in the NFC East, where last year a division that we made fun of the NFC least and we saw a team reach the playoffs last year the Washington football team who was uh, had a losing record which doesn't happen every year in the NFL what are we seeing for the betting action so far this year I have to imagine Dallas the perennial popular choice but uh, is the sharp money looking at any of the other teams in that division because I know year in year out Sharp money doesn't really come for Dallas the way that it does for some of the other quote-unquote elite contenders, maybe because Dallas hasn't been an elite contender. What are you seeing at the Westgate for the NFC yeah, East? I, I wouldn't call too much of this money on any of these divisions sharp. There's some here and there that we certainly respect, but most of the money that's on this is people betting on teams or against teams you know, that they don't like. or There may be some perceived value bets here and there, but I think a lot of the stuff, is, if, if we're getting bets, it's not necessarily sharp. It's more for people that watch the lines and are number-sensitive. And they're just willing to take what you give them, and you know we. So we're we're getting bets based on most of the sides that we want money on, or the particular sides that Ed, you know, wants money on. And it's important to distinguish that because there's a couple of teams that I don't agree with them on, and and you know the rooms obviously will has, has have had great fun of making fun of me this year. And the Giants are one of those teams. I have the Giants a lot higher than everybody else, including you know you know Jeff Sherman and, and Ed Sammons and Randy Bloom and I were the four that really had the most input with this, making up the numbers on every game back in May. And Randy's even a, from New York and a Giants fan. He didn't have the Giants as me, so they really were giving me the business. And I just, I just said, I don't know how you guys can have the Giants this bad. And they go, we don't know how you can have them this good. So, you know, there's obviously, where, it's like I said, an impasse because they're going to win. They're going to trump me. They've been doing this forever, and they're more NFL guys than me anyways, which I always joke, you know, that's part of my job. I do it. But, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the so-called, quote, ref league. You know, I'm, I'm not you know, interested in betting whole kinds of money where the refs influence the outcome of, of who wins and loses, which is what happens with great regularity. It's like a, a male soap opera. <laughs> but, no, in reality, that, that, that division, basically, the, the Redskins, uh, sorry, the Washington team uh, would be our worst result. Um, and we went small to Dallas, and we went a little bit more to both the Giants and Philly. I'm very down on Philly. Um, I think they're the worst team in the NFC going in. Or not necessarily as bad as Detroit, but other than that, probably as bad as anybody. But they looked impressive yesterday, and, you know, maybe they have a little bit more depth than I realized. So it's preseason. You don't want to overreact. But as things stand, Washington would be the worst result. But it's early enough still that anything could happen to change things around. No, talk about the betting patterns that come in. You're like, so far we haven't seen a ton of wise guy action that most of the money that's coming in is not necessarily recreational better, but not thoroughly respected money. I would have to think the win total money is, is, is more sharp than the odds to win the division or odds to win the Super Bowl or any of that. Is that the case, or is the win total money every bit as casual uh, as the future book money, probably fair, but I think that the, the analogy exists the same as it does for college in the NFL when it comes to win totals. And that we, you know, we try to open up a number that's, you know, there may be a market, there may not be, or there may be a small one, but we're going to be cognizant of what our price is. And if we see something that's a little bit different and we really like something, we're going to open it up a scalp to some other folks just because we don't care. We're, we're, we're cognizant that we have a price that we're confident with. We know that there's people that are price sensitive and are only going to be 
comparing prices and have no opinion whatsoever. They, they probably haven't had opinions since they came out, you know, they came out of the womb, you know, just taking something that's different. And, you know, it, it, those are the ones that we want to take and put ourselves in positions early, you know, and then try to set ourselves up for when the market kind of, you know, it, in theory, it's supposed to neutralize or get, you know, number comes close to being in the middle. And whether that does or not, you know, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we open up a number and then the number goes flying past us. can happen in any sport. happens in baseball some days where, I might open a game 60, and it, it opens 45 and 50, and it gets bet to 70 before you take a bet. Well, then, do you want to move it on air to catch up to the 70? Do you want to take a bet at your 60 first? I mean, it's, you know, every every game, every sport's a case-by-case scenario. But in, in these markets that we're discussing, I, you know, for the most part, these win totals, it really isn't a lot of sharp money. Because nobody wants to tie their money up, a lot of it, for a long period of time unless they have an unlimited capital. And the other thing is, is that just too many unknowns. With COVID being how it's been and with the injuries, that, that have seemed to strike every year in July and August before the season even starts. You don't want to go dumping all your money in on the Ravens when their quarterbacks already had COVID twice. They don't have the same backup that they used to have. The guy doesn't want to get the vaccination. Rex, we got to take a quick break, my friend. We'll be right back. Yep. Cover it. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Talking with Rex Byers at Rex underscore B E Y E R S uh, on Twitter. And Rex, I had to cut you off before the break. You were talking about how some of the professional bettors don't even like tying up their money this long with the win totals. That the early season action, the summer action for these win totals, is much more casual bettors than it is pro bettors. And I think that's early in the season. I'm, I'm not sitting there speaking for everybody. I'm saying some of them. And as we get closer to the time of the start of the season, I think that you'll you'll find it pretty commonplace that the people would much be much more willing to bet, even if they took a little bit worse of the price, if they had a little bit more information to to, to quantify why they're betting what they're betting. So the win total marketplace doesn't really start to jiggle till we've seen a couple of preseason games, and I would think between week two and week three of the preseason, then after week three of the preseason we would see a fair bit of movement on those that we maybe haven't seen yet and a fair bit more wise guy dollars. Agree or disagree? You, you expect that as August progresses that we're just going to see more and more money uh, bet into the win total market in particular? 2021 and 2020 are, are two separate entities that we're going to look back on in the long run and try to try to figure out whether we need to be taking this much stock in you know, what's been happening with these markets. Uh, the, the biggest thing, like I say, right now, it's, it's just tough to say. I mean, there's only three preseason games and not four. How much does that matter in the long run, too? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. We'll find out. But certainly, when it comes to you, and you brought up COVID as a potential issue. Yeah. How would the, Yeah. I mean, uh, how is the Westgate going to deal with co- uh, potential COVID cancellations when it comes to these uh, these win total bets? Yeah, it's simple. Good question. So it's the same thing for college too. The, the, the teams must play the games that they're scheduled to play. 
So it, it, quite simply, if they don't, if there's a game that if it gets if it gets moved to a different venue, doesn't matter. You still have action. But if it gets taken off the schedule altogether, or there's no game played, forfeit, whatever, you know, then it's then it's a, a wash. Um, now we're creating the, the seat now. It's first, I believe for season wins, if you forfeit the game, that does count as a win. So. You know, or if you if you sorry if you if you're playing if you're against a team that forfeits the game, but in the NFL, let's be honest, as Ed said, there's nobody going to forfeit a game in the NFL. That's more of a concern that we've had in college. But again, you know, who who could handicap that? So uh, yeah, not not an easy handicap in August. But yeah, must play uh, must play game schedule must play schedule. You know, as it's as it's written in 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 the rules or whatever we as when we put these things out in June. Yeah, and of course, you know, uh, we're talking with uh, Rex Byers from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas. Be sure, if you're betting at a different book, to check those rules. Rules can and do vary by book and by state. So, um, but, do you, uh, you have something you want to throw in there, or should I go back to uh, the divisions? No, that's, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. Proceed as <laughs> yeah. you want. We're good. Yeah, check <laughs> check your local listings. Check your local rules. That's exactly because right. they, check it. Uh, man, uh, the, the truth of it is, the last thing you want to do is make a season-long bet and have it voided or or lose based on a rule you didn't know about before you made the bet. So read those rules carefully. And or just bad, have, a, have one that you win. Yeah, have a winning bet turn into a no action because of a, of a rule. That would. I mean, it's awful. But it's one of those. If a team wins thirteen games and they get one of them that they don't play, it's 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 in the rules. I mean, even though yep. they've already won more than their total, the bottom line is we have to be consistent with the rules, and we're going to rule the same. There's never going to be a, a case where we grade, you know, two teams that you know two bets as a loser in the same pot. It's either it's going to be a certain number, and whatever that number is, the the bets that went over that number are winners. The bets that went under that number are losers. No, that's 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 just simple as that. If you bet under, you win. If it's bet over, you. I mean, it's there's it's cut and dry, and there's no there's no room for for error with the commission, especially when you put the put the rules right in. Stay in the, Nevada Nevada gaming, the, 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 the Nevada Gaming Commission takes this stuff very very seriously, and I don't know in terms of state by state that other states are necessarily as strong have, have commissions that are as strong as the Nevada Gaming Commissioner. I know that bookmakers are always concerned about the fine print on the bottom because if they have to they'll have to defend that in front of the gaming commission when it comes down the, the, uh, this is something you'll see in a, this is something you'll see in other states as well as, as as it becomes more commonplace and as situations arise and it will i mean they will and they're going to have to be able to defend their positions or their house rules at times and, you know I, you know it's it's going to be an issue and you you know it's it already has been at times you saw in new jersey two years ago when they opened up and there was a mistake and the, you know you fight for the palpable error and you know, whatever the bottom line is, if you open a line in Nevada, pretty much if you book a price on anything, you got you write the bet, you gotta you gotta pay it if it loses, whether you make the mistake or not. So, you know, it's it's curious to see how other states will do, but you know, in Nevada, it's pretty cut and dried. And that was one of the major reasons that I moved out here after a scam, uh-huh. after some difficulty getting paid from a bookie. Uh, I thought it was time to start <laughs> making my bets in a place where I didn't have to deal with bookies anymore. Um, I, I want to stay focused on the divisions, and I want to get back to the NFC East real quick. You said okay. you're higher on the Giants than many yep. of the other bookmakers in the room with you. The other thing you Correct. said that I thought was interesting, you're like, we're getting money on the, on the on the side that we want to get money on. That that you've you know that that maybe you're hanging slightly off market numbers. Um, is that Philadelphia under that you're looking for? Or are you looking not, for not, Washington nothing, over? 
Yeah, nothing in that division per se, or nothing on season wins per se. They just and, and, and the NFC North is the is the is the prime example where Ed has gone out and said we we don't think the Vikings are going to be nearly as good as you do, and we don't think that Justin Fields is going to be the next coming of Joe Montana and and Lamar Jackson. Just you pick the combination of people that you think that they might think because it's public all over. Bears to make playoffs, Bears over, Bears to win division. And, uh, you know, bottom line, we need to see this kid to play a game. I mean, everybody looks great in training camp, and all these people on Twitter want to talk about how great these guys look. And let, let's just see when they play a game. Let's, let's, let's hold a little judgment. Until well, the thing that cracks me up, I was reading practice reports, and they were talking about Justin Fields, uh, the Bears rookie QB. And they were like, Fields had this incredible red zone drill where we're nailing touchdowns. Yeah, and right. then you read the fine print, and you're like, well, there was no pass rush, and they weren't allowed to hit anybody, and there was no block. Right. And it was just no. a little red zone drill. And on six pass attempts, he nailed three touchdowns. You're like, that has no correlation to what we're going to see on Sundays. Yeah, go, um, go back to watch him. Go back to watch his tape against Northwestern in the first half with their two and three start of linebackers and defensive backs to see how he looked in that game and tell me you know, how great he's going to be at this level. So if you don't like the Vikings and you don't like the Bears and – it's really hard to like Dan Campbell's Lions. Yep. Are the Packers really the team to beat once again in the NFC North? Aaron Rodgers is back, obviously. Is it a situation that even if things go south with Rodgers, if Jordan Love gets pushed into the into the fold for Green Bay, would they still be live to win that division? I, I think the Green Bay, if without Rodgers, they were like a full 10 points worth. I think the Jordan Love is trash. I think that they become the worst team with Detroit, and it's really, really close. I, I think that they will take a step back from last year. But, again, you, you could talk to somebody else in my room and probably two other somebody else's that would tell you otherwise. And the bottom line is, is you know, Ed's the one that wants to book Green Bay like this, and we're going to need – you know, we're going to get killed all three of the other teams, basically, if the season were to start tomorrow. So it's Green Bay to win the division for, for the Superbook. And, uh, you know, if you believe in Ed's opinion, and it's pretty good, and it's made money for a lot of people over the year, for himself over the years at least, then uh, you probably have a higher opinion on Green Bay than I do and should bet it accordingly somewhere else. But here they pretty much discourage that. And, and, and listen, like I say, we, we got caught in a, in a tough position a couple weeks ago when the information had come out that Rodgers was probably going to retire or get traded, and it didn't happen. And I think we took a big bet at 40-1 to 1 to win the whole thing, and you know that, that person is holding on to a very, very live ticket right now. Unless something happens to Rodgers, you know, you have to give him a fair fair shot. And bottom line, the guy has had a great career. I think he's one of the best players in the history of the league, if not the best. And now he's coming off the best season, or one of the best seasons of his career. So if he's able to replicate and the Packers continue to, to find ways to win close games, he'll be right there, and uh, we'll, we'll do okay for ourselves, at least in that division. So when one better comes in and makes a substantial future wager at a 40 to, let's say at a 40 to 1 on a mm-hmm. team that, that maybe is has you know maybe their true odds are, are not too better than that. Does that affect your entire future book? Are you now yeah. you know because the liability on Green Bay is so high, you have to lower their odds. And you're raising the odds on everybody else. Um, how, how does that how does that work? Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. In a, in a market that's such as the size of the Super Bowl and odds to win, we're we're holding our theoretical hold percentage for the house, and that's right around twenty percent, which is pretty low for a thirty-two team market. So if we're taking a bet on somebody like that at Green Bay, and it's it doesn't. It also depends on who's making the bet and, and how much they're betting and how you know how much success they've had in the past, and whether it be here or elsewhere. And you know, the bottom line is, is sometimes it's somebody running to a number, and sometimes it's somebody who really does know what they're doing. They're willing to back it up with a lot of money, and you know, it can be a combination of both. You got to move it pretty aggressively. So you know, when you lower Green Bay to twenty or you know twenty-five or sixteen based off that bet, or maybe another bet that came in for a dime before that that we didn't know who was sharp or not. Now it's like, okay, well now we know. Two good bets at forty to one. Let's get it get it out of forty to one. Um, 
you know, then of course you have to raise the other markets accordingly to get the whole percentage back to where it was. And I think one of the problems that I had, so I moved to Vegas four years ago from Costa Rica, was that, uh, you know, too many people want to just put up a futures book, whether it be copying from here or putting up, you know, a market that's similar to what you'd see here. And they take bets and they just lower the prices on the teams they have exposure to while omitting to raise the prices that they that don't have bets on. That's not the way to run a book. You're not going to get the, the bets that you want in the long run, especially from people who are cognizant or price savvy, price sensitive, and they know whether they're taking a bad number or not. So, yeah, that's that's kind of been the philosophy here, and we've, we've done well to it and written pretty good business to most of our future stuff since I've gotten here. I know that we're in spots right now, even, for example, in baseball and the home runs. You know, we're going to win the top nine guys. I think we're, we closed the market for good at this point, and the top nine guys, we win to all of them. So, Randy, kudos to him there for running that. And that's the only reason that happens is because people bet those guys when the prices get raised and lowered accordingly. And because you're adjusting the prices up as well as down, you're going to attract future book money on the teams and players that you want to attract, which is the guys who are just uh, adjusting the numbers down when they take action don't seem to realize that's not going to balance their books. Uh, that's right. But, uh, again, each, each individual book is going to make their own decisions. What I can do from my position is to try to promote the books whose opinions we agree with. More with Rex Byers after the break. We still have six NFL divisions to get through and not that much time to do it. Stay tuned. Cover it with Teddy Covers. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. updates, breaking news, line changes, and more by following us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers, and you can follow Rex Byers from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas at Rex underscore Byers, B-E-Y-E-R-S. Rex, we're talking about the action coming here in Las Vegas at the Westgate Superbook for the NFL future marketplace. We've talked a little bit about the NFC North and the NFC East. Let's let's you focus to the NFC South, where we have the defending Super Bowl champs and then everybody else, with the Saints expected to take a step back this year following Drew Brees' retirement. Atlanta and Carolina, two teams that don't look to be contenders. Is it all Bucks money in the NFC South? What are we seeing from the betting action so far at the Westgate Superbook? It's good that you got me on this call today and not on Monday or maybe even last week. Uh, there's been a barrage of money, a torrent of it, on the Falcons uh, at 16-1 to 1 and a little bit better, a little bit worse, I'm sorry, um, recently. Um, and I would consider it to be sharp. Uh, we moved it pretty aggressively, but uh, there's enough of it. And for people to respect and the amounts being big enough that this is, this is the one division where sharp money has shown up and it's been enough to where it's probably going to end up being – uh, at least as the season were to start tomorrow, that would be the worst result of all eight. Would be if the Falcons were to win this division, um, we so would lose a peanut. We lose a peanut to the Bucks, and then we win decently to New Orleans and Carolina. So no, no one really interested in those last two. But the Bucks were the big, 
bet in the in the odds to win market. They everybody can't get enough of them to win the Super Bowl, but uh, and in this division, a lot of sharp Falcons money has just shown up this week, and that's put us in a really bad spot there if they were to win the division. And is that uh, is that coming with the season win total as well, or is it uh, people no, looking at that sixteen just, to one? Just, just in the division, that was just just people taking shots at our division price, which is obviously and apparently better than everybody else. Uh, I didn't see many tickets out there with uh, or many books that had Atlanta as a double-digit dog uh, in uh, that division. So you guys may have had an outlier number in that regard. That is no longer an outlier number. The betters have pushed it uh, back in with the rest of the marketplace. What about the NFC West, which looks extraordinarily competitive on paper? Obviously, the Rams making the big move for Matthew Stafford in the offseason. San Francisco was in the Super Bowl two years, and after last year, two years ago, after last year's injury debacle, the Niners should be a whole lot better. Seattle's a perennial contender with uh, arguably the best QB in the division, and you don't want to sleep on Arizona either. What are we looking at in the NFC West when it comes to future liability at the Westgate? This is one where once once the once the trade for Stafford became official, there was Rams money right and left before, and once it came in, it was just uh, you know again a lot more of, and there's more of it here even than Atlanta. But the price being lower, obviously, we wouldn't lose as much. We do lose decent to the Rams, and because their price is so low, we actually win to San Francisco and Seattle pretty good, and a small winner to Arizona as well. They like Arizona some, but uh, you know based on the longer shot price. But you know Frisco and Seattle would be a good result here if the season started tomorrow, and the Rams would be a decent loser. So Seattle, a team that's not attracting as much attention as you might have thought. And I'm, I'm a little bit surprised about the San Fran, although you have to worry about the Trey Lance situation. If Jimmy G's at QB, yeah, they're alive to do whatever. If you put the rookie in, I don't care what kind of training camp he's at, it's not a, a team that's likely to be competing. Uh, for it's a another one where I'm high on. I'm, I'm, I'm lower on that team than everybody in the room. I think that I'm, I'm low on both quarterbacks. Whereas I think that Ed and and John, you know, he wasn't involved with these, but John Murray, you know, who's an NFL guy, he, as much as he tries to deny it sometimes, <laughs> he and Sherman and Ed both are all three higher than on the Niners than I am. And it's one of those where I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really pro any other team just because I'm anti them. I think it'll be competitive, but I think all the teams are just a little bit worse than most people do. But I think it'll be pretty competitive. And like I say, it's the Rams are the worst result for now, and the Niners. I mean, I don't like I say it's it's one of those. There, there'll be a fascinating case study. We'll find out real quickly if it was uh, whether it was all injuries or whether there was just not as much quality there maybe as we thought there was given some of the results last year. And note what Rex Byers is telling us here. Okay, Rex Byers is saying at this one sports book in Nevada, there are multiple opinions about just about every team. So that's right. That's our jobs. <laughs> yep. We but exactly. but here in the you know in the media, uh, you know, I'm on the media side of things, and we tend to say the books. This is what the books think. As if that's like there's one aggregate for all the books <laughs> and all the bookmakers, right. and it's not that way. Even within right. an individual sports book, there are differences of opinion, right. and it's a suspense. Whoever's in charge of the odds for that sports des- decision to uh, who they're going to listen to the most, or how they're going to uh, factor in the various opinions within that single sports book, and that decision-making process is not unique to the Westgate. The same thing's happening at other sports books in town, at other sports books in other states, at other sports books around the world. So to think that, oh, the odds makers are doing this, no. That's looking at the macro perspective. The reality is that it's designed, uh, that uh, these decisions are decided on a micro perspective, book by book, guy by guy. 
and then we make broad generalizations thereafter. But, but your opinion, but your opinion is only as good as a couple bets. I mean, if you take two bets at the same price on something that's maybe different than everybody else, it may not be. You know, say there's no market at all. Bottom line is you, you need to realize. I think Jimmy Vaccaro said this before, but it's one of those things that you need to realize your opinion is no longer valid. At that point, you're booking. You gotta you gotta start put getting in line with everybody else if there is a, a market everywhere else and be consistent and just write bet. You know, that's, that's the whole key. Eleven's bigger than ten, and as long as that's the case, we're gonna have work. <laughs> That's that sounds very much like a Jimmy Vaccaro quote. Uh, Jimmy uh, always, you know, a, a true legend in this town. Uh, but eleven's bigger than ten, and therefore we're always going to have work. Sounds exactly uh, like it would come right out of his mouth. A classic Jimmy Vaccaro moment there. Let's stay out west and talk about the AFC West. Our own Las Vegas Raiders, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. KC has been in the Super Bowl each of the last two years. Are they the popular choice here? Or is a sleeper team like Denver attracting some attention? This, too, looks like a very competitive division on paper. Yeah, the Chiefs, they're the liability, and everybody wants them in all the markets to win the Super Bowl, to win the AFC, to win the West. And, you know, we're cognizant that's the case, and we're probably going to lose to that. That's what's supposed to happen, right? I think we'd break even to the Raiders for now, and then we'd win to Denver. And uh, I always write down LAC, and I always want to call them the Clippers because – San Diego or the Clippers, <laughs> not the Los Angeles Chargers, but yeah, we'd win to both those. As of now, we'd break even to the Raiders, and the Chiefs would be the liability. But you know, we'll still be here writing bets, even if the Chiefs do win all these all these markets, which you know they can say healthy, they probably have a pretty good shot at it. Shouldn't uh, but I look at the Chargers as being pretty good. I look at the Broncos as being a team primed to take a big step forward this season if the quarterback play is decent. So uh, I don't think KC is a lock in the AFC West, mm-hmm. even though they are heavy chalk. By my power, numbers, the AFC South is the weakest division in the NFL. It's not even close. And with the quarterback injury that Indy just suffered, it makes him even weaker. Houston's a bottom feeder. Jacksonville looks like a bottom feeder. And neither the Titans or the Colts look, to me, better than they were last year. What are you seeing in the future book for the AFC South? We're a little bit out of Tennessee, which is okay. That's, we are sort of anti them. And uh, that's part of the reason why we're out to them, even with the position that we're, we're at with the Colts and everything's going on there. I think that we probably like them more than most, maybe not a lot, but a little bit more at least. And we win only to them because the other two being extreme long shots have drawn only a little bit of money, doesn't take much, uh, would make us a loser. So the Colts we win to, everybody else we lose to in that division. Tennessee. The Am most. I crazy for, for thinking about putting a uh, – and, and it's it even something I was thinking about a week ago. But, like, I'm, I'm almost tempted to put something on the Jags right here. I don't have a problem with it. Not not at this level. I don't have no problem with it at all. They were clearly better than a one-win team. They clearly weren't trying for a good part of last year. The coach comes in and establishes a culture immediately. There are enough bad teams they play, and they play them early to get off to a good start, build confidence. I, I could see them 9-7 and seven has a chance to do it. If, if or I guess it would be 10-7. and seven. I don't know 9-8 and eight would do it or not, but 10-7 and seven would probably give you know, it's, that's probably going to get it done. Again, we've seen that it's not unusual or unheard of to see seven-win teams win divisions like they did last year. This year with the extra game, maybe right. an eight-win team wins a division. But, you know, there'll be some long shot that comes in in one of these divisions. Uh, there's worse Every bets year. to make in my Every opinion. Year. Every yeah, year. Than the Jets. Red, Redskins are 25 to 1 last year. Yep, yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, AFC North, uh, where it looks like a two-team race. Cleveland and Baltimore are the teams attracting the attention. Pittsburgh yeah. and Cincinnati, not so much. This is one where the volume is lowest, and I guess I'm a little surprised by that, and I started thinking about it. And because there's no clear-cut favorite like the other divisions, meaning that all of the teams are plus money, 
there's not really the people don't have anybody that sort of they have to bet on, and therefore the prices are a little lower on all of them. So I think that's part of the reason why nobody's you know seeing any are either a real favorite or a real long shot. It's kind of kept people scared of it for now. We lose to the Bengals, we lose to Pittsburgh, and then we win small to Baltimore, and Cleveland. But as of now, that's when we won't even sweat anything. There's just not enough of a position, not up you know to it right now for us to even worry about it. And the Steelers are one of those teams that some years you may have a fair bit of liability on Pittsburgh. I'm not convinced sure. that's the case this year, uh, mm-hmm. given the concerns about Roethlisberger. And, uh, frankly, there's a lot of question marks about the Pittsburgh Steelers, despite their hot start to the preseason. And last but not least, let's talk AFC East. The Buffalo being priced as a legit Super Bowl contender. Miami and New England as the next two teams, and the Jets at the bottom. Um, are you seeing any significant action for AFC East futures or any of the teams in this division that people seem to be interested in wagering on early. You know, we took a bunch of New England money in other markets at the start. From Some of them are sharp people, some of them are just line shoppers, but we, you know, we got pretty far out to New England to win the Super Bowl, and we still are there. We'll get some of that back and shorten it up as the season gets closer. I saw enough last night to know that neither one of those quarterbacks is winning any Super Bowls for New England, so <laughs> not really worried about that too much. But uh, you know, the, we'll lose to the Dolphins the most. We lose a little bit to the Jets, who we're going to start tomorrow. And we win to the Bills. We're short on them. Not short on everybody else, just it's, they're, the, they're the favorite and, and, and deserved ones. And then we went a little bit less to New England. So this market hasn't been nearly as they haven't been nearly as gung ho about betting the Patriots to win the division as they have elsewhere. So I was a little surprised by that, given the money on New England and other markets. Well, we did it. We got through eight NFL divisions, and we're not done yet because I do want to ask you about the contest at the Super that the Super Bowl is running uh, this year uh, here in Las Vegas. Obviously, the granddaddy of them all, the Super Contest. What about the season win contest? That's one that intrigued me. Mm-hmm. Season win contest is new. Uh, all thirty-one, all thirty-two teams in the NFL. Sorry, the, the top five get paid there. It's a two hundred dollar entry. So basically, you can put it in. It gives you sweat equity for the entire season on sixteen teams. You know, it's less than a dollar a game if you want to, you know, get right down to a per game sweat. And uh, we expect hundreds of people to sign up for it, even though it's the first year. I think it'll draw some some casual interest. And you know, like I said, it's open now. Top five get paid. Half of it goes to the winner. So you know, it's I think it's pretty interesting. I've been in a couple of these contests before I started working here. One of them in the baseball, one of them in the NCAA tournament. I think I went twenty three and eight, twenty three eight and one on one of them, and twenty two and ten on another, something like that. And then <laughs> and ended up. Oh yeah, by the way, you uh, you, you came one one money one went away from cashing the money. So uh, I've uh, sort of uh, had bad contests uh, sometimes. But no. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting. So that's one. And then, of course, the Super Contest, the world-famous Super Contest is down now. Entry fees from 1500 to a dime. So, uh, obviously, that's going to draw a little bit more of attention, get it into a, to a more affordable range for some. And, uh, obviously, we've done a, done a lot of research. And Jay Cornegate and his, his guys have, have uh, you know, put into a couple of changes that are coming in with 100% payback, no fees, no rake this year. And uh, that's one of the changes. And also in-season contests we're adding uh, based on his feedback. We've added uh, some positive feedback from the last couple of years. We're up from four to nine this year. So there'll be six three-week contests and three six-week contests. Now the six-week contests uh, are going to be three of them. Like I said, the winner gets 100K, a second 50, third 20, fourth 5, and fifth 2,500. And that's going to happen three times over the course of the year. And that's actually way more than I would have expected and given what we were expect an entry you know we're, we're thinking more than 200 or sorry 2,000 entries for the contest and to give away 100k three times for a winner and uh, you know all the way down 150 25 and 2500 
you know, pay five D. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> those are good rattles, and you could be struggling all year. You could be struggling late, and 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 at the end, but in the middle, be doing well. You know, all it takes is a is a run where you can go, uh, you know, twenty four and six, and you, you're gonna scoop up a lot of money. So those are worth great stuff. Rex Byers from the Westgate Superbook at Rex underscore Byers on Twitter's. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll have you on again before the season is through. Cover it continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. I hope you enjoyed uh, that time with Rex Byers. Again, when you get the info from behind the counter, Rex isn't trying to blow smoke up anybody's butt. He's not trying to hide secrets from us. He's not trying to uh, be in a situation where he's going to mislead us for the benefit of the book or the benefit of himself. No. (laughs) Rex is telling us what's going on. He's telling us where the action is. He's telling us what it's like behind the counter. It's real good info. And again, uh, I'm excited to have him on. He is not the first bookmaker we've had on. He won't be the last bookmaker that we have on uh, this uh, football season. I like to get the opinions from behind the counter because these guys, they bet just like we do. I want to leave you guys with a thought. I, I was talking with Rex about the AFC South. And it's one of those old, you know, it's, a, it's an old horse rating adage. You know, when there's favorites are splitting money, you take the long shot. There's nobody that's any good in the AFC South. All right. The Texans are at the bottom. All right. It's a complete rebuilt job for Houston. And we still don't even know what, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson yet uh, in terms of his ability to play or not play, uh, in terms of his ability to be traded or not be traded. Houston doesn't look like they're going to contend, even in a best-case scenario. All right, Indy lost their quarterback. And boy, when you look at the co I'm not a guy that obsesses about skill position talent. But from a skill position talent standpoint, the Colts are as weak as anybody in the NFL. You know, there's not a lot of playmakers on that roster. And you have a QB who needed training camp, who's not getting training camp. I've got my concerns about Indy. Titans are the clear favorites to win that division. But what happens if they have a quarterback injury? What happens if the defense doesn't step up? Last year it wasn't elite defense. What happens if the Jags are better than we thought they were? As a long shot, and I'm not talking about a big bet. As a long shot, you're looking for a future wager that stands out. Yeah, the the money on the Falcons <laughs> has already come and gone. That line's been driven down. The money on the Jaguars hasn't come yet. There's dumber bets to make than Jacksonville to win the AFC South, and that's going to wrap it for this week's edition. Enjoy the games. Good luck. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name.